Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, a show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to talk about la familia, the family. But first, a word from our sponsor. How can you teach your children to live their Catholic faith beyond the walls of your parish? One way is to engage your family's values in a Catholic healthcare option like CMF Curo. CMF Curo is an affordable Catholic healthcare ministry that's perfect for growing families and that's rooted in church teachings. CMF Curo members share medical burdens in community, have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthcare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com. When you said La Familia, it reminded me of Coco. Right? Me too. Right? Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Dude. You know, I cried so hard the first time that I watched Coco. That cute Dude. little kid with one dimple, like, stole dimple, my heart. No dimple. Dimple? <laughs> no dimple. I say that almost on a daily basis. It only sings a song to Mama Coco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The animation on no, Mama Coco's like face poco loco. I know. crazy to me. Watch. You make me un poco loco. Have you watched Coco in Spanish? No. I have. It's really I good. Have. Marco Antonio Solis. I know. Is, is, oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have Angelica Val, Va, Vale or Valle? Vale. Vale, ¿verdad? Mm -hmm. Es a, la mamá. Uh, mamá yeah. Imelda. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and, and I think personally for me, the kid who does the voice in Spanish for mm -hmm. Miguel, uh, I think he's better. Not that the other kid is not. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah, both yeah. really good, but I think uh, I like the Spanish one better. I'm going to have to watch it. Please tell me that Eugenio Arbez is not in it. No. Wait, no, he is. He's, he's even in the English one too. Yeah, the scene where um, it's at the end when I think it's when Pepita, the, the big ass thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. knocks Ernesto La Cruz. Mm -hmm. What did I miss? Uh, like, what is did it, I miss? Is the guy with the corn? Yeah, that's Eugenio Derbez. <laughs> Dude, they had to get him in there. Yeah, you yeah. know that. He's always been like VO uh, for Mexican uh, dub movies ever yeah. since Shrek, I think it was. Dude. It was the donkey in Shrek. Shrek right? in Spanish is. So I think better. like he found his niche, right? It's like making yeah, movies totally. for Latinos in in the U.S. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Um, I'll just keep. Yeah, let's talk about Coco. Why not? <laughs> uh, keep this banter going. <laughs> yeah, you know it was funny because uh, when when we were watching, I said like I I was like tearing up. I was like. <gasps> Yeah, now we need to go to Mexico. My grandma needs to meet the children, this and that. <laughs> and um, so it's been two years since um, since we've been uh, to Monterrey, and uh, but Coco had like a, a big impact to like, um, you know, wanting to go to show your kids the the places where you're like, hey, kids, this is the park where I was going when I was a kid and you know Oliver and Emilio were like three and two so they were like oh yeah no, that's cool oh, wow. like, we won't remember this thing <laughs> we, we had a lot of pictures for that yeah. um, so I think that it is a good movie I think it's a good portrayal of Mexican culture to some extent mm -hmm. there's a lot of mixture of 
things, whether, uh, well, I, I guess the disclaimer is like the portrayal of how they talk about the land of the dead and all that. Mm -hmm. It's not a Catholic view of how we think of the afterlife or the eternal life, really. But um doesn't mean that it's not a good movie. I, I feel like we had a couple people reach out, at least to the end and I, to be like, well, I don't want my kids to be confused about, you know, we're Catholic and uh, how the, the, the movie portrays, like, mm -hmm. uh, the afterlife. And I'm like, well, yes, I get it. But, you know, it's like, if you think about it, the the mixture of the Aztec folklore and like the I, I think there's like three levels of like um this world kind of like a limbo and uh and something else in, in the Aztec cosmology or whatever you want to call it um which you know that's kind of like similar to what they did with um the land of living the land of the dead and then the last when when someone stops remembering you then you dissolve uh, mm -hmm. forever Uh, so that might have been what they went through, but the thing that I keep coming back to is like the music, man. I like watch the special features, uh, special features, <laughs> special features, <laughs> and uh, the guy that uh, do you remember the scene of the DJ at the party? Mm -hmm. It has a T-shirt that says "Give Cumbia a Chance." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I want that T-shirt, <laughs> and uh, it's a cameo of this Mexican music producer that his name escapes me right now. But he was one of like the consultants for for the music, and you see, like, they spent like a week in Mexico City, just recording, like a trio, mm -hmm. uh, with their, um, you know, uh, their little guitars. Se me olvida cómo se llama el requinto. El requinto. You know, and then uh, you know because like to me, what what does it is like uh, when they start playing Son Jarocho. Mm -hmm. um, That is like such happy, vibrant music, you know. If you can say "Café con Pan" to the sound of the of, of the song, that's like mm -hmm. that's a that's a good song. Café con Pan, Café con Pan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And also La Llorona, you know. I mean, you go from like, yeah really happy to like really sad. And if, classics. In cla yeah, if you if you listen to uh, La Llorona with like Chavela Vargas, it's like, oh, that lady was hurting. Yeah. She was. Drunk as like a sailor too, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean all, all the the I, I think the tradition aspect they got really good, you know, in terms of like uh, Day of the Dead and Dia de los Muertos, but also just like the attention to detail from every aspect. I mean, I look at it from a designer's perspective and an art director's perspective, and they left no stone unturned. Mm. Everywhere you look, something has a meaning. Has something they 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 base it on something. Even the like the computers you know like they have computers yeah. and it's like the old like mac ones or whatever yes yeah, yeah but they gave it like a mexican feel to it i don't know it's just it was it was really well done dude the scene with the chancla was like yeah, get my shoe. Oh, go get my shoe uh, it's pretty good okay when, so when you said la llorona uh -huh. it just reminded me of la llorona oh yeah And were you like, afraid of that la llorona oh to this day el viejo I del hate, costal. Oh, I hate La Llorona. <laughs> When the movie came out, because you know how they made a, a scary movie? Yeah. Uh -huh. And I saw the like the, the poster in the trailer and I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. 
Not because I'm afraid, because I choose not to watch. Exactly, dude. We need to I'm make, a grown up. We need to make an episode <laughs> on like um, urban myths. Oh, of, like, did you guys Mexican ever watch myth. the uh, La Hora Marcada? No. Mm -mm. Oh man, La Hora Marcada was like Televisa's version version of uh, your typical horror show here in the states. Mm, really, it was creepy. Like Tales from the right Crypt, now. Mexican well, version. <laughs> yeah, no, it was more like thriller horror, not so gory. Mm, okay, but it was. Yeah, dude, it would make your skin crawl. Dude, there's so many ghost stories in Mexico. I feel like Mexico mm -hmm. is the most haunted oh, country. That's an, episode. <laughs> that's an episode in and of itself. You yeah. could spend an what's hour the, What's the name of the guy that uh, does all the UFO stuff? El, el, uh, Jaime Maussan. Jaime Maussan. <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah. In and of itself. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Um, Oh, man, so many things that you just I like know. opened up and we've been talking about. Uh, <laughs> My fault. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but the family. Let's, let's, um, uh, we're going from La Llorona to the family. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's one of the tactics that moms used back in the day, you know, that. Oh, and it worked. It totally worked. I don't know. My mom didn't do that because she loved me, but. Oh, <laughs> come on. You know no, what's funny? Worked. Like was like this homeless man that would like always like walk by the block where my grandma's house was in Monterrey, and it, it is funny because it's like si no te portas bien te va a llevar el señor del costado. Yeah, like if you don't behave, that man's gonna take you. And I I wanted to like now as an adult like I see that. And if I were that homeless man, I would be like yo porque chingados quiero su hijo. Edúquelo. Exactamente. Sorry, we're getting very crass in Spanish. If you speak Spanish, you're probably having a good laugh. If you don't speak Spanish, don't worry. You didn't miss any of the actual substance of uh, the show. But um, Gustavo, why don't you get us into the topic? Correct. So um, La Familia, you know, I think it's very important that we recognize the the family, especially as Catholic families, you know, we want to make sure that we are um, living life accordingly. Um, so we are able to pass our traditions, our, our experiences, but primarily our faith to our children. Mm -hmm. So for this episode, I, I went back and reread um, Bishop Olmsted's Apostolic Exhortation Uh, complete my joy, which is uh, if you haven't read it or heard it, um, it's it's worth your time. Uh, it was released in 2018, and it goes into a lot of detail, you know, about the importance of the family, um, things the family can do, uh, families can do together, uh, how the role that the family plays, and um, it's it's beautiful. I it. The quote that always comes to my mind when I hear about family is uh, G.K. Chesterton. You know, the most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man and an ordinary woman and their ordinary children. Mm. That's beautiful, you know, because in this day and age, it's, it's um, families are kind of like take it or leave it. You know, it's not, it's not something that it's as, as a given as it was, I don't know, 50 years ago. You know, right now the family, it's very... Lucy. Anything can be any family. anything can be exactly or whatever, um, and well, that's to some degree, you know, depending on on, on your particular situation, 
the family um, is um, says here, you know, family is likely where we feel the deepest joy and the deepest pain. That's mm. mm. true because mm-hmm. I mean, for us that we have kids, it's like, yes, they're like an amazing happiness watching them be born, watching them take their first step. And but I've never been more terrified than when my young daughter had like a fever that we couldn't control. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's so much responsibility or that like gaping fear that when they told me, no, you got to take this baby home now. Like, huh? <laughs> Dude, when Lily was born, like, bef- I think like two months leading up to her when she was born, I was like so excited. I was like, man, I just want, I just want her to be here. Uh-huh. And then like, we're getting her like room ready and build a crib. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm so excited. And then, we're at the hospital. I'm so excited. And, and and then she's born and I'm like looking at her. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's my child. And then it's nighttime and everybody leaves. And then she starts crying and I yell. And I'm like, and just this fear came over me. Like I'm responsible for this human. Exactly. Yeah. And there was yeah. a point that I was like, I can't do this. What am I, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, like I need your help more than ever, because mm-hmm. I was so afraid for just like a, like a few seconds, and then I'm like, all right, like she's crying, I gotta pick her up and figure it out, figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's scary, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I now that I read this in uh, today that I read this in the in the notes, um, talking about deepest joy and deepest pain. Like right now, I'm like I have very raw feelings about deepest pains because it's been kind of a challenging week for us uh mateo's two weeks today actually <laughs> and um a couple other kids had fevers last night so that was fun so um it was a rough night for everybody nobody slept well and my mother-in-law left back for california today so it's like the first day that we got like the Kind of like the the not the training wheels because we've done it by yeah. ourselves in the past, but it's like adjusting to the new normal. So a lot of things happened at the same time. Where I was like, Lord, why why do you try us like this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like I went up to the end and I'm like, I'm gonna try harder tomorrow, babe. I promise. because yeah. Um, yeah. Do over. Yeah, you do over tomorrow. I, I was hitting a wall today, oh, dude, dude. Like hard. Like well, we were talking before we, we hit record, right? It was like yeah. Um, so um yeah it, it it is the highs are very high and the lows can be very low you know um yeah especially like when when there are losses in in families mm-hmm. um there's always gonna be you know crosses that we're gonna have to um, pick up and follow him, and 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 those are the things that we find in the family. And the the plan that God has for the family is for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the image of of the Trinity, um, the domestic church. And when I when I heard when I first heard about that, how like uh, the father. And the mother in marriage um, resemble 
the love of, of, of the Father, and, the Father the and, and the Jesus Son. Christ, that they love so much one another that that love begets love, which is mm -hmm. children. I was just blown away by mm -hmm. by that. Um, it is. Yeah, it's beautiful because yeah. you you gotta in those lows, you know. I think in in those moments of fear, um, when you think about the role of the family in the church, um, it's it it would be a lot more encouraging and would get us through those moments of fear, or like or like exhaustion or something, knowing that the family mimics the the holy trinity no just to put it in the same context in the same space as the holy trinity you're like god i can really step my game up here you know <laughs> what i mean and it's yeah. easier said than done sometimes you know but um well when you're exhausted exactly. i told you Anna, like i need someone to write a book that is titled how to be a saint when you are tired af yeah <laughs> Because I feel like I'm always like, you should write the book. Maybe you should write the book. I know. Wait for it. Like now, I have two books in in the projects. It's like uh, Baking with the Saints, a liturgical guide to treats and sweets, and How to Be a Saint When You're Tired. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Barbatos Publishing Company. <laughs> We <laughs> just keep adding things to yeah, the exactly. We're trying to grow the brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. So another another good note within the document says um, um, the bishop points out that um, in Saint John Paul's uh, the second exhortation from 1981, the role of the Christian family in the modern world, it states that the family has the mission to guard, reveal, and communicate love, and so become a living reflection of and a real sharing in god's love that's that's mm. kind of what i was harking uh, to you know where, where you're like this is the role of the family and if if we all knew that to heart and we truly believe that we there, would, there wouldn't be any broken homes mm. you know yeah giving that importance and that like weight and that not not so much responsibility but like honor it's like okay god gave me this like tremendous gift to to really uh carry through as as a mission i i just think that's a a beautiful thing to try to grasp and i've also heard i don't know who it might have been jb2 that said it um but that the the family is where you first learn to to belong like you first belong mm -hmm. to someone mm -hmm. or to something is in the family it's where I mean, you learn love, you learn joy, sadness, everything. Um, <clears throat> so every human being has a right to that. It doesn't always happen, but just the fact that we all get to belong to something, I feel like that just, if you have that perspective mm -hmm. that has the power to, to change someone for the good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like I, now that you just said that, I remember um, growing up, I thought that it was normal for everybody to like go to your grandma's house on Sunday to have lunch with all of your cousins. 
And then I found out that it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> my mom comes from a family of, like, 10 uh, siblings. And they had a really cool thing going on, like, when we were growing up as kids, that a, a family would cook for all of them. And we're talking, like, 30 people. Mm -hmm. And we would just, like, go and eat and hang out. And it was, like, a five-hour, six-hour ordeal just visiting and being together and i was like just hanging out with my cousins having a grand old time and then getting home and forgetting that i didn't do my homework for monday you know so that's what it was. It was like watching siempre and domingo and then trying to do your homework exactly at like 10 o'clock and i was like <clears throat> yeah huh? it's like ay la estampa <laughs> Apa, tengo que ir a la papelería. <laughs> yes that's a classic yeah um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it also states that the family is the little, littlest living cell of the church. You know, and in terms of like the domestic church, you hit it right in the head, Ivan, when you said, yeah, that's, that's where you first learn to belong, you know, to be part of uh, a, a community, um, to learn to love and to learn to forgive. And mm -hmm. it's, it's our responsibility to, we're kind of like the pastors of, of our domestic church. So um, things that, that can um, put, put the safety or the security of our domestic church are a lot more prevalent now than they were before, you know, because of the internet and telephones and, yeah. you know, that kind of like fragments families because everybody's like on their own device and whatnot. That's so sad. There was the other day I was um, picking up food at a restaurant and um, there was a family sitting down and uh, at the restaurant and they all had food in front of them. There was five of them and all of them were like a feet from each other and every single one of them was on their phones doing their own thing and eating, like not having a conversation. I'm like, it yeah, was so weird. bizarre to see that and... I mean, I, I I say that, but I'm guilty of like the same thing that I'm, you know, sometimes I need to put my phone away or leave it in a different room altogether mm -hmm. to be present. Um, and I think we talked about it. In yeah, like yeah, another I episode, did too, um, totally. That, you know, just giving your children your presence. And undivided attention. Instead of presence. Mm -hmm. um, that, is, that makes makes the whole difference. Um I I saw this this quote that you have of uh, Sister Lucia, mm -hmm. and it's kind of chilling. This is the final battle um, the between the Lord mm -hmm. and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family, and we are already in that right now. We are living that. That's one of the things that I think that when we make it to heaven, um, we're going to be greeted by, you know, other saints. They're going to be like, oh, you lived in the 21st century? Man, yeah, you guys had it rough, you know? Mis respetos. I know. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, every era is going to need different saints because of different things that are happening in the world. And I think that one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to... Um, share what we have seen and we have experienced number one we're pretty much beggars 
telling mm-hmm. others where we found bread. Uh, but but one of the main main things is inspiring other men to step up. And, you know, we cannot stress it enough. We probably say it every other episode, man, you need to step up. Mm-hmm. If you're single and you're considering to have, um, that you have a vocation to marriage, you need to be the holiest husband that you can be. Um, you need to be the holiest father that that you can be. If you're gonna be a priest, be the best priest that you can be. Um, religious or whatever else you're you're being called to. Um, we need holy families, mm-hmm. um, and we are like Gustavo said. We are the first line of defense uh, for our families. It, Satan has to go through you as a father to get to your family. Exactly. If you are well equipped to repel those attacks from the enemy, you should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, quick little tip when you touched on uh, people discerning, you know, uh, marriage or a religious life. If you're single and, and, and have your eyes set on being married one day and, and, and being a father, um, quick little tip, uh, pray for your future wife even if you haven't met her yet, you know, pray for her. Um, and if there are any ladies listening the same, uh, that was one of the things that my wife did for me when she didn't know me, she prayed for her future husband and it was beautiful for me to know that, you know, and I only wish I could have had the same foresight as she did, but it's, it, it makes a whole lot of a difference. I'm, I'm sure she kept me from, uh, uh, many mistakes uh, <laughs> with her prayers, even though she didn't know me. Um, so just quick little tidbit there. Um, pray for your future spouse uh, from, from this day forth. You know, Diana did the same thing. She did a novena to St. Anne. Mm-hmm. And uh, the day that she finished the novena, um, her friend, uh, now she is Lucia's uh, godmother. Was like, hey, I have a guy that I want to introduce you to. Oh, no kidding! <laughs> wow, you know Saint Anne doesn't fail. There you go. I'll I'll have the details of the, <laughs> the novena for those women who are listening who are interested. Um, let's talk about the 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 covenant of marriage since we are in that topic, kind of. So there are three. What do we call it? Tenants or qualities of the covenant of marriage that has to be free and faithful and, and fruitful. And it, I do love how the Diocese of Phoenix does marriage prep. I mean, at least how they did it almost seven years ago when Deanna and I were going through that. Because these are the kinds of things that um, if you don't know them, um, you might be like not knowing how much of a serious thing you were getting into, right? Mainly because of like the vision of the world um, mm-hmm. in terms of marriage, which is, you know, let's live together. Let's uh, hang out, see how things are going. Things are very like fussy. I I guess one of the things that I would tell the guys if you're dating or dating age is like define the relationship, be intentional, you know, Mm -hmm. don't be Mm wishy-washy. If you're, if you're not like into uh, 
someone that's like, don't, don't lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't waste people's time. People's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But being free, faithful, and fruitful, um, it is key for any marriage to work because the the free willing is it, it's being there through thick and, and thin um, sickness and in health for better or worse. Faithful, there's no quitting the team, so you have to work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and fruitful, you know, if um, God gives that couple the blessing of having children, yes, um, that that is something that it has to be received um, with with open arms. You know, there are couples mm-hmm. that, that struggle with, with fertility and all of that, and that's a cross in and of itself. But just being open to life, it... It just, it, well, I can just talk from personal experience, but it, it is something that um, just makes your life like way more joyful, you know, complete my joy. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, the fruitful part is something that also is in today's uh, culture, you know, other than people, like you said, that struggle with infertility and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of young couples choose not to have children. Mm-hmm. And if you're Catholic, I think that's something you really need to take to a spiritual director or to a priest and really bring that to, to the Lord. Because the purpose of marriage and, and, and that union, it's, that's one of the three tenets, right? To, to fruitful, and fruitful, faithful, yeah. fruitful freely faithful and fruitful so um and that's the purpose of marriage it goes back to the trinity it's not like god the father and god the son decide is like you know what i don't think the holy spirit's a good idea <laughs> you know yeah no that's the that's the essence of it that's the holy trinity um you you can't just pick and choose it i think marriage is the same um so if this kind of like stung you the wrong way. I apologize, but it's it's something that definitely needs to be spoken, you know. Because if both of you are in the same boat and and they, you don't want kids, well, and you are able to, it's between it's a, the it's couples and God, Gustavo. How dare you? <laughs> it's I'm a conversation that needs to happen. We're called to be fruitful. You can't just be a veggies guy. <laughs> Good job, Ivan. Thank you. Thank you for that. I didn't coin that, but I heard that. Yeah. Like, can't be a veggies guy. You got to be fruitful. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Thanks uh, for breaking the ice there a little bit. I know. We were kind of getting, getting a little heavy. It's yeah. getting too heavy. <laughs> but I agree with you. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, here's the thing. Like, you know, the, there is always going to be this sense of um, awe, I would say. Um, because all the people that I've uh, told, like, oh, we're having our fourth child. And they're like, oh, you, you, your hands are full. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't begin to <laughs> explain it. Uh, I was like, yeah, but I, I guess the, the, the thing that I try to remember uh, to myself is like, okay, I, I am pretty much like a spoke person for the church. So I, I need to uh, 
be very aware of how I communicate. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, for a child, yes, it is difficult, but it is something that um, that my wife and I decided. And because some people are going to be like, well, you're so egotistic that you want to make mini replicas of you, this and that. And, you know, my kids, they kind of look like me. And I'm not going to lie, that's pretty good for the ego but then they <laughs> act like me and i'm like okay lord Dang i get it, it. <laughs> yeah like thanks lord yeah there's other things that i need to fix in my personality that i'm passing on to my children so do that, that that's not your least beef with the lord is that pia and, and lily look like me but <laughs> but Lily has Nayeli's attitude and Nayeli's like dang it <laughs> like, yeah. uh, so you know in a way that's like there's a sanctification that is happening through um, having the children. This is like the um, the erosion of the water that is passing through you as a rock and forming you into like. It's, I, I was I was reading this reflection on Genesis and how, um, you know, the Grand Canyon was not formed in a day. It was it took like millennia of um, layers and layers of uh, sand and rock uh, sediment on top of each other and then the force of the water going through it to make that majestic thing that we have uh, here in Arizona. Um, so just like that is like the water of baptism is like what enters our life into that and the living water of Christ in our life, it's what going to sculpt us mm-hmm. into a grand canyon of a human being you know exactly that's a great that's a great thought yeah. right there. yeah thank you it was Dang. not minus exodus 90 there you go well not exodus 90 but the uh, for reflection oasis um thing that they have um, that's pretty good pretty recommendable by mm-hmm. the way um a couple other things um that that uh, we need to talk on is like t- don't try to go at it by yourself exactly you, you we're gonna need community um especially you know if you're trying to revive catholic culture in 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 society um can't be a lion just like a man cannot be an island families cannot be islands um even though you know when you have enough children, they can entertain themselves, <laughs> but they also need other children to hang out. Yeah, that that's one that I, you know, that you can't do this by yourself. That's something that I really take to heart. I've, I've had a conversation like this with one of my good friends, and, you know, we just talk about... What good friend? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait. You mean it's not me? You have other friends? <laughs> I do. But I love you guys. Do you have a podcast with them too? No. <laughs> Although I would like to have him on the podcast. Um, he's a Ryan Ayala. You know Ryan Ayala. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Good guy. We were talking about um, how I think it was we had Lily and we were thinking about, you know, when we buy a house, like where we want to move. And for me, I mean, I grew up around St. Joan of Arc, and then the people that I've gotten to know at St. Joan of Arc who have solid families, like, you know, you, Walter, you, Gustavo, and I always thought, and, and Ryan told me, he's like, yeah, like, I, why, like, I, like, my wife and I want to raise our kids, you know, and we want other good families to raise our kids, 
with us. And I was like, dude, I feel the same way. Yeah. So when, you know, when we're thinking about like moving or something, I'm like, man, I don't want to move away from St. Joan of Arc because it really does take a village it to does. raise a child. Mm-hmm. And we're surrounded by so many good, solid Catholic families that, man, like this is what I want for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, the world is so crazy out there, but like, I just want what's best for my family. And I just want to surround them with, with good people. Yeah. And this oasis on 38th street and Greenway. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that kind of like brings it full circle. You know, we started talking about the family and this is a, podcast of three Mexican guys and um in in Mexican culture the multi-generational family is very very common and I think it's very very useful you know I, my grandma lived with us for I don't know a greater part of my life mm-hmm. and um you know you have like aunts that live really close by and you know you, you help each other out and 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 you learn different interactions by looking at different people yeah. growing up. And that's something that I I do miss in terms of like Mexico, you know, to, to, to have that family aspect of it. Not that my f- direct family isn't like enough, it is. But that experience of like growing up with like your grandma and with like your tias and that everybody and just like in your cousins and stuff like that, it's it's it does something for a kid, you know, and it really enriched my life for sure. Um, and, and keeping with the theme of like Mexican families, um, you know, keeping the Lord's day holy, you know, make sure that, that having Sunday be a, a day of family, that was something that we did, I think, instinctually when I was growing up every, every Sunday. I mean, the sun couldn't be a little bright, on a Sunday because my mom would have to throw something on the grill and, and have us gather. Wait, was your mom the, the grill master? No, well, have means that she would have somebody else do it, one of her oh, kids. Oh, got it. But she, she, she just, like, loved the fact that it's like, okay, turn on the grill, get <laughs> some beer, and call everybody, you know? And it was like everybody would come over and we would have, like, like you were mentioning, you know, just, like, everybody over and, yeah, like and make it a meals. day family meals and hablele a tu tía you know everybody would be welcome and mm-hmm. potluck and and it would just be a grand old time and this was this was like every weekend you know and yeah. that, that was that's my mom's favorite thing carnesa to have a carnesa not not because of the food but just because of the food but primarily because the gathering you know it was re- it's really ritualistic like mm-hmm. um my mother-in-law was with us for like six weeks and Thanks be to God for her. She really is a lot of help um, when she's around. And um, the last weekend that she was here, she casually mentioned if I would be willing to grill. And uh, Deanna knows that it's like, I don't necessarily enjoy like, and because we just use charcoal. We don't have a, a propane. Mm-hmm. So it you makes, say that as if it was a bad thing. Well, that's no, not a bad thing, but you know, like <laughs> you just offended Gustavo. <laughs> I know, I know, but Gustavo he grills with mesquite wood well, well, and then makes 
it Char- he no. makes his own charcoal basically yeah. kills the cow skins it carnicerias are are like a <laughs> godsend on that sense yeah but go ahead so i think that my mother-in-law was testing how much i love her uh-huh like would you would you grill you should have called me dude well you should have been like oh you want me to grill i can grill and like dude 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 you know. Gustavo, can you grill? I will be like all, all over. But I, I sent you pictures of. I, my, you my did. Th- that it, looked not pretty good. legit. It's not Don Taco, but you know, it was. Whatever. That looked delicious. It looked it, it so was, good. I mean, they tasted pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that, that you know, little, little sacrifices that in the end are going to be delicious uh, repercussions for, for you as well. You So you get uh, beneficiated. So just like. Let let get some vitamin D and uh, turn on the grill. Um, mm-hmm. Go go get some carne asada and make some tacos for your family and then enjoy them together. Mm-hmm. Um, just to to wrap it up, we we talked about a whole bunch of things, but I guess that the 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 main um, point that we want to make is we need to save the family. We need to um, make those bonds and interactions stronger just because um we are under attack basically i i do That's remember true. when i was in middle school there was like a uh, uh oratoria how do you say that in english like um yeah, like a you, like you, a recital maybe like speeches yeah for fun uh-huh. <laughs> and one of the topics was like the family the mm-hmm. building block of society of society and I still remember that uh, to this day. That I was like, yeah, that was one of the things that uh, that uh, stuck with me. That it is the building block of society. So it it it, it, it is all of our responsibility to build something beautiful, um, build the kingdom here on earth. Um, and it is hard. We're not gonna lie. You know, it is a challenge. It's right. hard, but anything hard, it's it's worth doing. Uh, and it's it's, and it's it, worth it doing only, well, and it's worth doing well, and it only enriches your experience as a person. You know, it only like makes you love more if you sacrifice more. It just like expands your heart. Um, you know, five kids expand the heart a lot. Yeah, and and but at the end of the day, I think um, it shows your metal. You know, as a as a man, to to show up every day to really uh, step up and, and, and educate your kids, not just provide for them and give them what they need to survive, but really love them and enrich their hearts and enrich their minds and teach them the faith and take them to confession and go with them to mass and, you know, read Bible stories with them and play games with them, even though it's not fun for you. <laughs> and, and In other words, thrive, <laughs> not just survive. Exactly. <laughs> Because we were made for greatness, you know? Yes. St. Benedict, uh, um, Benedict, Benedict the 16, yeah. you were yeah. not Pope made Job, for comfort. You were made for greatness. And that's what greatness greatness takes. And we're all in the same boat. You know, I think we're all in it together. Uh, pray for us. Uh, we're definitely praying for you, uh, for strong fathers and, um, and the strong, families. Strong, strong families. Strong like bull. Strong. Strong like bull. Strong like bull. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And with that, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Arbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, 
leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. Or if you don't like someone, just recommend them the podcast. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram at Barbados Catholic Podcast. Send us an email at hello at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. On the web, we are at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com, where you'll find the show notes for this episode and more. And yeah, save the family, save the world. Bless us, Alanis Casey. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. Until the next time.